The greatest update to GC Online ever. Is a snack change any good? Yes. It is the bare minimum of what was required for it to be good. It doesn't make any noises. It doesn't tell you how many snacks you have left. It doesn't show you which snacks you're using. You can't use it in cars, but what they've implemented is the bare minimum for it to be a significant improvement. How does it work now? All you do is you press tab and press C for snacks or V for armor. Uh, services, this one, this one. Yeah. Instant spawning in, that's a new thing, chat. You don't have to wait the awkward seconds now. It's a good update, chat. Quality of life improvements. I'll applaud them every time they come. No, it's not. My guy, you can use snacks without opening the M menu. That's, if they had only released that, I would have been satisfied with the update. I don't do much in GT Online, and they've reduced the inconveniences that I face when playing. As long as they keep increasing the quality of life improvements, I'll keep being like, guys, play this game. Make myself a tier list, all other DLCs in F, this one in S. Not that I'm saying all other DLCs have been bad, but by comparison to this one, all F tier. They took my idea, I should sue them. Hey, wait a second, yeah. I always had the idea that they should improve this game, and look at that, they improved it. Stealing my ideas, whoa, whoa, whoa. What has the world come to? I think they just removed the animation for snacks, good. How do I rate the DLC? As I only saw this small portion of it, I can't really assess the entire thing, but I'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10, because they improved snacks and armor for the first time in nine years. 10 out of 10 DLC. Daily Dose of Internet coming out against reactors. For those who don't know who Daily Dose of Internet is, very successful YouTube content creator who does this thing where they, he takes usually viral clips, he reaches out to the people who have the clips, and he says, hey, can I use your clips in a compilation? And then, to my understanding, I don't know exactly what he pays them, but he pays them some money. So like, he's effectively, you know, leasing and or buying clips from those who make, who make them. I, as you've probably know by now, I'm somewhat on the fence with clips. It depends what you're doing with them. Like if you're using clips to make something distinct and new and all that jazz, and or if the clip itself is low effort, like it's just some guy who happened to see a dog run into a fence or something, I'm, I'm generally fine with that stuff. But in Daily Dose's case, where he's asking permission and or paying people for this stuff, uh, it's fine by me. But so he releases this TikTok where he says, it took me ages to become successful. Like I released a video uh, after a year, hadn't done anything. I quit, I came back. And then eventually like two years down the line, one of my videos finally blew up and it inspired me to continue and I became what I am today. And someone responded like, yo, Fortnite streamers reacting to your videos while eating, that's what blew you up. And so he's like, are you fucking crazy? People reacting to my videos did nothing. Like I've been, I've been successful longer than the React meta on, on Twitch, longer than re the React meta on uh, YouTube. And he's like, I can look at my analytics and I know where my viewers come from. So this is just fucking nonsense. And this person's like, come on, bro. XUC gave you at least 15% of your subs. Daily Dose is like, no, here are my analytics. You're fucking wrong. He said, while not saying things exactly how I would say them, uh, Daily Dose, to some degree, coming out against this narrative of reactors actually providing significant benefit for those they react to, was nice to see. Daily Dose always comes up in the conversation of reactors because he goes to such lengths and has done so for, you know, half a decade to find the people who own the clips, to ask for permission and pay them. But the reactors who react to his stuff don't go to such efforts. They don't even ask Daily Dose for permission to re-upload his stuff. They don't ask the 
original creators, they don't pay them any money, and they don't ask the editors or pay him any money. So reactors make a complete mockery of what he's done to be who he is today. And that's sad. It'd be nice if he just one day was like, guys, some of the channels that own the clips that I use, you know, they they, they say I have to strike you down, so I'm gonna strike you down. And he just strikes down all the reactors. Probably not gonna happen though. My audience only searches for one thing on YouTube. This section, your viewers searches, show the things that your viewers have been searching for a lot on YouTube. Now, search doesn't make up an extreme amount of views on, you, uh, on a person's channel, right? I guess it depends on the channel, but it's never the major majority, right? It's because uh, recommendations are king. But if your viewers are searching for something, that's suggestive, like, hey, you should incorporate this into your videos somehow, because it's something that people are interested in. And my viewers are apparently searching for, right now, car and Franklin video. I don't know why that's the case. So I need to put more cars in Franklin video. See, I, I don't look at this that often. But a couple of days ago, I checked it and I was very surprised at what I saw. Capybara. Capybara, the friendliest animal compilation. Dogging Capybara. I spent a day with Capybaras. What are they, the coconut dogs? I can't show a lot of it, but I think one of the reasons is... So I pull up. I guess, I guess, like this one? So, I don't get it. How did this happen? This song, After Party, by Don Tolliver, is like, there's like just endless capybara videos of this. This is from 10 months ago. People are still searching for it. People are still up uploading them. It's, it's a month ago. Two million views. So I, I thought to myself, like, I should go to the zoo, see some capybaras and record it and stuff for content. But I can't be fucked. My sleeping pattern is screwed right now. I have no one to go with. It turns out I'm like half an hour from a zoo, which I didn't know. It's new apparently. Maybe I'll do it at some other time. It's just my cell reception, I can't guarantee right now because all these fucking companies are terrible. Uh, like my upload speed is just not enough. Like if my internet speeds get sorted or something, maybe we'll figure something out. But Vsauce on less choices being better. You know how I was talking before about how sometimes having less choices is better? I actually end up watching a Vsauce video on the same concept. He would give people an options of uh, jelly beans, either lemon or cherry. The people would take one and they'd be, they'd be more often satisfied with their choice because they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my choice. I like lemon, it's good. I, I like cherry, it's great. But when offered like 25 different flavors, even though there was more options, people were more often dissatisfied because they take one and they would go like, maybe I should have thought about it more. Like what, what about berry here? What about raspberry over there? If you would give me another one, I probably would have taken, you know, peach. And they would all have this feeling because they, they feel like they're missing out or, or whatever. Um, and then there's just so many options. They, they second guess themselves. This came to mind when I thought about my merch store. Whenever uh, my managers would talk about doing merch, they would say, you should do what most content creators do and just have drops of like one or two items or something. There's no choice. There's like, do I want this or not? I guess not, or I do. Uh, you can't second guess yourself and think, oh, I should have got something else or, oh, I can't get all the things that I want, so I won't bother getting anything. But I, I hate that. I've always wanted a merch store with all my emotes on it. I'm just greedy that way. And I recognize by having that many, people won't want to sit there and scroll and and scroll and, and be like, oh, do I want this emote? Do I want this emote? But at the same time, I just like it. I like that completionist feeling of having them all. One of those things in life where you can often recognize the optimal thing, the thing you should be doing. And for whatever reason, you should go, nah, fuck it. 
I would rather appeal to my emotional weaknesses, you could say. It's hard to be perfectly optimal all the time and not just to bow to your own uh, psychological biases, you know? Is this video from his Minefield series? Yes, I hadn't seen it, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to watch it and get through it. I like all that psych stuff, obviously. I mean, I studied it. What the next season of Chaos will be. So I realized what I'm going to do for next season of Chaos. I'm going to do Mirror World Normal Chaos. Don't think I'll do cutscenes. Because I wanted, we were talking about doing a Mirror World run. I'm like, that doesn't really make sense for a speed run. I think it'll get boring. But flipping the world makes everything look so much different. And we can do Chaos in it. Which would be great. Doesn't sound good. What do you know? Random person who knows things. Seeing once beloved creators with dead channels. I sometimes have a ch opportunity to go look at creators that I once watched back when I was, before I was a creator at, like we're talking like five plus years ago. Finding all their dead channels, or even worse, channels where they're still uploading videos, but they're getting like a couple of thousand views a video when they used to get millions. It's so depressing, dude. It's like looking into the future, you know? In the same way that you can look at your grandfather and be like, man, I'm going to look like that one day. You can, I, I can look at these old creators and be like, man, I'm going to be that way one day. Like, no audience. Potentially making videos for like, like, like 10 people. On some level, I kind of want to go out on my own, uh, like at some high point. I want to do this forever, but at the same time, I do not want to like overstay my welcome in this industry, you know. I think about that sometimes. Speedrun viewers often hating strategies that speedrunners like. Like, we as runners, because we're doing the same thing over and over again, when a new glitch comes along, it's like, oh, sweet, we can do new stuff and break the game. And it can be even faster. That's great, because we as speedrunners want to complete the game as fast as possible. Viewers, though, want a good viewing experience. And they don't want to have to learn how all the strats work. The worst runs for a viewer are the ones where they can't even tell if you've lost time. Okay, so you died seven times there. Was that good? <laughs> the best speedruns are like, you know, Super Mario Brothers. If the character dies, you know it's bad. It's like, oh, well, the character's dead. So he must have done something wrong. You fall from a, a height. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's, that's probably bad. It's, you, you fell down. With a uh, on mission zero skip, unless you know the glitch, you, you have no idea what's going on. I agree that it's a weird viewer experience when they don't know what is happening, but are the speedruns meant to be viewer friendly? Are they meant to allow you to finish the game as fast as possible? Could there be a category where most of the glitches like on Mission Zero and the new director mode strap be banned in general? So that would be a no, um, no major glitches category, which I said should exist now, given the abundance of glitches. Arguably, it should have existed before director mode ex uh, glitch existed. When it comes down to speedrunning and deciding what the category should be, everyone has different considerations, you know? Different places they want to draw lines on stuff. I would argue that Consideration of the viewers is like secondary. A achieving a fun speed run for the runner is the primary thing. And then like, if you have two options that are equally fun, you know, you can pick the one that the viewers would prefer. Uh, while in all other rule debates, I was at the forefront of arguing for a particular point of view, I don't care what the result is of this outcome. I feel so non-competitive right now. So sad at that fact that uh, I just don't feel like it's my place. I gave my ideas and was like, yeah, if you want to do them, whatever, it's fine. Being entertaining is hard. Most video games are not made with the purpose of enabling a person playing it to be entertaining. That is not the goal when they're making the video game. Consequently, it can sometimes be hard to make something on screen entertaining. I recognize that 
a lot of people have low standards for like streaming content, for example, where they just want something on in the background. It's just like, yeah, whatever. He chilling, I'm chilling, all good. But making them to YouTube content, you kind of gotta, you gotta work, make jokes, do interesting things. And that takes energy. There's tons of games that I wanna play, but I also wanna make content out of them. So I gotta wake up in the morning and think to myself, do I feel good enough mentally and physically to actually go through the procedure of enjoying myself to the maximum degree and making jokes and stuff? The problems inherent in creating new speedrun categories. Is having so many categories annoying to manage? Yes. From a viewer's perspective, what a viewer wants is what is the fastest you can beat the game and what is the fastest to collect everything. Anytime you have to deviate from those two things is just annoying. But in, it's usually a reality where the game can have things that are just stupidly oppressive to enjoying speedrunning, which is like the in-game mission skip feature from Rockstar. Or you can find glitches that just fundamentally destroy the game that make it so you skip most of the game so there's no enjoyment in playing it, like wrong warping and stuff in Zelda Ocarina of Time. And you have to then start banning these things. And that just becomes a headache to have to deal with. You split people's focus between all the categories. There's not as much work being done improving one category. Like one category can be ignored for years while another one's getting a lot of updates and stuff and you have to switch back and forward. And it's confusing for viewers and it's just a mess. But you just have to do it sometimes. It can also be the case that the category that gets created isn't appealing to some runners and you just lose some of the community. Probably a significant factor in why Baron bailed was the introduction of save warping. Considering where the run ended up, save warping is very tame uh, by comparison. Will I be changing the layouts of rambles? I did ask people for feedback on the rambles. A lot of people said, A, I click on and look at the topics and I go, yeah, that's the topic I'm interested in, that's the topic I'm interested in, that's the topic I'm interested in. I watch those and then I click off. And so that kind of suggests to me, removing chapters may cause people to watch more of the video. Or it might cause people to not click on the video at all because they know they won't be able to find stuff. I, I don't know. If I just put the topics at the start without timestamps, you know. Stray proving everyone wants to be a cat. Big Pogs, what is up my dude man? Have you planned to play Stray? Uh, no current plans. I wonder how good the game is going actually. Uh, Stray Steam charts. 50,000 peak players. Now that is a damn successful game. And that's what, like, less than a week. People do like cats. And it's just everyone who talks about it, talks about it positively. I thought the game only takes like four to five, five hours to beat or something. My least known playthroughs. And Kit just wrote, I had no idea something like this existed. And it's, uh, it's a video of me playing Super Mario 64 and then Portal 2. Because no one watched this video, dude. And uh, it wasn't edited that well anyway. And the, the thumbnail shit as well. My passion for passion fruits. Oh, guys, got some really sad news. Prior to starting the stream, I purchased a drink and I got the wrong, wrong one. I wanted a mango passion fruit crush, but I got a mango passion fruit tea. It was unbearable. Like I, I actually chucked it out. I, just, I just couldn't deal with it. It was, it was so much worse. Why do no stores just have passion fruit drinks? Always mixed with mango or something else. I like passion fruit. The passion fruit is really expensive. It's very hard to get like some good amounts of passion fruit without losing a leg or something. I know, I, I know you guys, it's devastating for you as it was for me, but uh, we, like, we were soldier on. 
Would I say I have a passion for passion fruit? No, I wouldn't say that. Why would I possibly say that? YouTube and Twitch both suck for live streaming. So when TGG yesterday was playing the new content for GT Online, he had like 20,000 viewers. And I looked at that and I'm like, what did I have, like 3,000 viewers on Twitch? I've talked about this problem before where the overwhelming vast majority of my viewers found me on YouTube and watched me on YouTube and therefore don't know when I'm live on Twitch. Can't be fucked checking that out. I'm, I'm probably the only person they watch on Twitch. And I would just be better off being on YouTube. But even saying this to my mods, their response, uh, as I expected, was uh, very much so negative, negative, as mine is, because YouTube is just such a worse streaming experience. The bots that are used don't really work. The chat is so bad, not just in terms of like the, the people, it's the way that it scrolls. The YouTube chat just flows rapidly, super fast. It's completely unreadable. Even Ludwig talked about when he moved. I, I just don't know why they don't fix it. Like moving to YouTube would have so many inconveniences. On some level, the only reason I'd move is if I got myself a, a contract where um, I was paid a bunch of money, which is not likely to happen. As far as Twitch goes, I fucking hate Twitch. Like as a platform, I hate it. It's just people watching YouTube videos and anime and gambling and shit. And that's like the biggest streams. I've always hated how they lock you into a contract of exclusivity. No other platform does that, it's just Twitch. And even worse, they trick you when they give you a bump in the sub revenue to 70%, which is YouTube's base, by the way, with sub uh, revenue. Uh, that's what the share is. They trick you because they increase your contract by like two years of exclusivity. Like mine doesn't end until February. But if I don't re-sign a contract, I can't get subs on Twitch. I could still stream here, but all the main sources of revenue, I think even bits, I don't know you can even get bits, uh, are gone. So I can't even have a situation where I dual stream on YouTube and Twitch. You need like a special contract for that, which they, they won't give me. Like I'm, I'm confident I would get more viewers on YouTube, but I have to deal with the worst streaming experience. Everyone would lose their sub history and all that jazz. My mods would like it less. I would lose the money that I'm making on Twitch right now. Not that it's super significant compared to the YouTube money, but like, I just have to hope that eventually YouTube wakes the fuck up and just fixes the, the five or six things that make it inferior to Twitch. And looking at the numbers discoverability wise on Twitch, they're not very good. Oh, we can do this again. Let me, let me do this again. Uh, wait, no, where did you first find me? YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Twitter. Instagram. So currently it's 93% YouTube, 5% Twitch, and 2% TikTok. This is what I mean. Twitch is just a way to record footage with an with a chat. I don't know. We'll see chat. I am more on the fence about it than I've ever been in my entire fucking career. But I want it on record, Twitch sucks. As a company and a platform. The actual service is pretty good outside of the contracts. And the people, of course, you guys are great. Streaming in modern era is a thing you do to supplement your content that you already have. It's not a thing you use to grow. Streaming is a good way to make content for other platforms and to interact and engage with your audience that you've already generated by making content. Analyzing my This Is What You Miss series. If you haven't seen it, it's usually just a combination of a bunch of lightly edited streams where I play particular games. Okay, so I have now uploaded a heap of this is what you miss stuff. It's been very 
varied in terms of how successful they've been. So you've got like this, Super Auto Pets, that got, you know, 100,000 views. You've got uh, Rogue Tower, which is the first one which may have helped it, which uh, it got 200,000 views. But then you've got like, you know, Blasphemous, got 30,000 views. And, uh, and even Noita did okay, it's got like 70,000. This is fairly recent, right? None of this stuff gets me like an insane amount of money, views on new subscribers and all that stuff. It's meant to be filler content, but it's just interesting to me how varied it can be. Like, I, I would think that Slay the Spire would do just as well as Noita. This is not making my channel, but I think it was a good idea to do this as opposed to making a VOD channel. Like, I hate VOD channels, where it's just an entirely unedited chunk of footage with no value or meaning and you're just jumping between games and stuff. I prefer this, where I combine all the footage from uh, when I played either a bunch of games or over a bunch of different streams played the same game that is never going to be edited. So people who are interested in watching me do it can actually still do it, you know? Help me on his background noise. There was so many cool things we did in Noisa that no one has ever seen and it's just not worth editing. These are just streams without your ability for me to, inter uh, to, to interact with you, you know? My second successful main channel shorts. So there have been two massively game-breaking glitches for GTA 5, and I made a short about them both, and they're both on their way to getting a million views. Well, this one did get a million views. So this got, you know, 1.1 million views, 121K likes. So one thing I learned is shorts, they don't allow you to have custom thumbnails anywhere where it's actually relevant. You've started seeing shorts in my subscription feed, might be worth start, starting to add thumbnails. No, I mean, you literally can't. So see here, this short has a custom thumbnail, but it just doesn't show. I don't know why they're doing it this way. Maybe they want to make it so it's impossible for you to obscure that it is a short. What these shorts have basically done is they've jumped me a lot further ahead than I would have been otherwise in terms of getting to a million subs. So it was going to take me like another month, month and a half or something to get to a million subs, but I'm now like 7k away or whatever. As I've said many times in many places, shorts do not pay money. What pays money is 16 by 9 clips over 30 seconds. Because you do not get pre-roll ads on shorts or any anything under 30 seconds. Yeah, so happy these both went well, but I have no idea what I'm going to do next. These two glitches were like a once in five year sort of thing and may not happen again. I don't know what other shorts I could possibly make. If I really focused on making them, sure, maybe I could have some other successes, but it just doesn't seem worth it. Considering again that the algorithm for shorts is separate from the algorithm for main channel stuff. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.